0: Uh, You good? All
1: right.
0: Here we go. Speed. Three, two, one. Welcome back to the Mission Story Slam podcast, brought to you by PWP Video. I'm Michael Schweisheimer, the executive producer at PWP Video and Mission Story Slam. We started Mission Story Slam to share the stories of the organizations that we serve at PWP Video. Those include nonprofits, B corporations, triple bottom line companies, and sustainable organizations. People on a mission to make the world a better place. We gather at Yards Brewing in Philadelphia and pick the names of 10 storytellers out of a hat and they compete for a $250 donation to their favorite nonprofit. The crowd also selects a favorite story for a $100 donation. We videotape their stories for sharing on social media and with friends and supporters. This podcast is about the story behind those stories. What motivates someone to tell a story in front of an audience? How did they choose a story they were going to tell? And what was that experience like? And we get to learn about the storytellers themselves. Mission Story Slam hit a milestone of being around for two years when we held our fourth installment on September 11th with the theme Face Palm. It's been great watching our community grow, and we've had some missionaries who've become regulars. One of those is our guest today. She's attended three out of four of the slams, and on her second time telling a story, she knocked it out of the brewery winning both the judges first place and the crowd favorite award. I first met Laura Lacey as a client, and then she became a neighbor in Germantown, and now I'm happy to call her my friend. Laura, thank you for taking the time to join me on the Mission Story Slam podcast.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Like I said, when we met, um, it was because you'd asked PWP Video to create a video for your We Funder campaign for the brewery. So let's listen to a section of that first story that you told at Mission Story Slam 2, Saving Democracy, where you explained how funding your brewery was really kind of to you from a democratic model.
1: About two and a half years ago, we went to the Craft Brewers Conference here in Philadelphia. I met with brewers and it was about how to start a brewery. Uh, And one of the things that came up initially was how do you finance a brewery? Where does the money come from? Um, And for us, we don't come from wealthy families and most of the breweries that have opened in this country have financial backing from wealthy people. And to me, it's kind of very similar to the way that politics works. There's always money involved with it. Um, We have a lot of really wealthy politicians in this country who use their wealth and influence to get in their positions of power. And I kind of looked at it as, There's all these other breweries that have this power and this wealth and this influence. And how did the two of us build our brewery in this neighborhood where nobody wants to build a brewery? And so um, I did a lot of research and found out that in 2016 it became legal for um, everyone to invest in businesses. And we partnered with this company called WeFunder. It's a benefit company, a benefit corporation Um, And they worked to push through legislation that made it possible for everybody to be a part of investing in businesses. And I know, you know, I'll take a little page out of Ken's book here, Democracy is Participation, right? And I own a brewery, so I invite everyone to drink beer, of course. Um, But for me it was about, yeah, it's about participation and everyone being able to be a part of it. But for so long, being a part of investing in a company wasn't something that was legal. You had to be a wealthy person. Um, but in, like I said, in May of 2016, it became legal for everyone to be a part investing in companies. And I'm really proud to say that after six months of extremely hard work, Todd and I went grassroots at the the. Um, absolute definition, uh, hosting events, partnering with nonprofits, meeting people, um, talking about our business, and getting people really interested in this amazing brewery that we're building, and it just closed on September 7th or 8th, I can't remember. Um, and we had raised 100, just shy of $185,000 from 311 investors. We're we're the first brewery in Philadelphia to use this platform of uh, equity crowd investing and we've really made it our mission to continue spreading this platform and allowing people to see that if you want a business in your neighborhood, it's not the wealthy people who get to decide what business is open there but it's everybody who can be a part of investing in businesses and you know we're really proud to say that there's at least half a dozen people in this room who invested in our brewery and we're so grateful to that. Um, but I guess my Midwestern ways, we don't always talk about religion and politics, um, but I will say that I feel like it's a very democratic way of starting businesses. And um, we're really proud to be the first brewery in Philadelphia and one of the first businesses here in Philly to use this platform and invite everybody to participate um, in building great businesses here in the city.
0: So that story was from fall of last year. So how close are you now to opening the doors of Attic Brewing?
1: It's crazy that that was from uh, a year ago. Um, right now, we are in the end of brewery construction, and we are in line to open before the end of the year, um, which is further out than we thought it would be, but I joke and say it's the closest we've ever been. So, <laughs> yeah, we're um, the brewing equipment is arriving um, on Monday, and then as soon as it's up and set and we can start brewing. It takes us about six weeks to get enough beer ready and then we'll hopefully have the tap room open for people to come in, finally.
0: That's crazy, because I know that's a lot. But yeah, you've got your brewers hired, right?
1: Yeah, we we hired. um, Bogdan is a friend of ours. Uh, We've known him for about five years. He had been up at Trillium in Boston and he reached out and said, hey, are you still looking for someone? Um, So we really lucked out. He comes from some really great brewing background with Trogues, Trillium, uh, Forest in Maine. And uh, we're so excited to have him on our team.
0: How did Todd and you decide that you wanted to open a brewery?
1: We have visited so many breweries um, just in our travels and really always felt at home there. When we went to different cities, you could get a nice feel for the city and meet local people. Um, and I think it had always kind of been building to that. Um, I'm sure that we had joked about it. Wouldn't it be great if this was ours? We were always asking people, how did you do this? Or, you know, where'd you come up with the name? Or why do you brew these beers? Um, but really, it came from a place where I had worked for a large corporation and it was like, I just can't do it anymore. Um, it had changed me as a person and I just, I was not happy and left my job and kind of took a leap of faith and. You know, I was lucky that we had saved some money, um, but the Craft Brewers Conference ended up being two or three weeks after I quit my job, and I felt like it was like fate telling me, just go to it and see what happens.
0: So when you quit, when you decided you had to leave, you you hadn't yet officially like made that firm decision that that's what you were gonna try for?
1: There was zero plan when I left my job. I called Todd and said, I'm quitting on Tuesday. I have no plan, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I cannot be here another day.
0: I'm curious if the experience in the corporate world had anything to do with your decision to incorporate your company as a B Corp.
1: I knew nothing about B Corps until I went to the Craft Brewers Conference. Oh, wow. There there was, um, you go to the conference during the day and then all over the city at different locations were... um smaller groups that would have meetings um or events that you could go to and i went to one for b corp did a bunch of research on it showed up and uh it was bose brewing out of canada and new belgium who were hosting i think it was an art show or a music a concert and we went and i got to meet the b corp representatives for those breweries and i just started learning more about it um and so as b corp would hold meetings or conferences here in philly you know, I'd buy the tickets and go, and just listen to more, and then learn about other companies. It was cool to see how they connected together, and so to see companies that were really not only investing in, you know, their employees, sustainability actions, um, being more green, but they were profitable at the same time. And so, as I'm building out, you know, our profit strategy for the brewery, I was looking at how we could in- still incorporate those things and. How can I pay my employees a better wage and still have a business that could keep its doors open?
0: How did you guys decide that Germantown was where you wanted to open the brewery?
1: I'm originally from Chicago. Todd's originally from Colorado. Um, And when we were originally looking for a place to live, we stumbled across Germantown. Um, I was not familiar with this part of the city, um, but we had an attic apartment on Duval Street. And it was just amazing. It was up on the third floor and we really liked it. And then both of us living in suburbs, this was the first time that we felt like we were living in the city. And we had a very diverse block of different income levels and different races and religions. And it felt very neighborly and community, Mm -hmm. um, strong community. Um, And we lived there for about seven years. And then we had still not committed that we were going to stay living in Philly. Um, But when we decided to open the brewery, and that meant that we were gonna have to stay here, um, the only place that we ever looked was Germantown. And even over the course of the five years that we didn't live here, no one had built built a brewery. So we're like, someone's gotta build this brewery because if we're moving back there, we need a a cool place to go to grab a beer. It's a little selfish. (laughs) (laughs) And we live, you know, three blocks away from where the brewery's gonna be, so.
0: Well, I like that you came back, identified where you were going to locate the brewery, and then bought the house three blocks away. I think that that makes some sense to me.
1: We were doing events and carting stuff from Delaware County to Germantown, which was getting old really fast, so... Um, we knew we had to make a move. And with the we Funder campaign, everything was just about timing. So having a we Funder campaign, we knew people were going to ask, well, do you live here? And that it would be an important part of not only asking them to invest in our brewery, but us demonstrating that we're invested in the community by living here. Um, so, you know, we wanted to make sure that those pieces were in line.
0: I've been watching you guys do every event that <laughs> happens in Germantown and Northwest Philadelphia. And since that very active eventing was the backdrop for your winning story, uh, let's, let's listen to it.
1: Uh, my name is Laura Lacey. I'm the owner of Attic Brewing Company with my husband, Todd. Um, yes. We're opening a brewery in Germantown. Um, I do have to note that I just came from another brewery opening, so I've had a couple of beers already tonight, which I think is gonna make my story even better. Um, a couple other things about me, I've only been blonde for three weeks, <laughs> never colored my hair before, I've been a brunette. Um, and I'm a very ambitious person, so we're opening a brewery, um, and I'm, a, I'm ambitious, and I think those are important things for you to know. Um, so I'm going to take you guys back to last summer, uh, me and Todd were in the middle of a WeFunder campaign where we were raising money for our brewery. and Anytime someone emailed us to do an event, I said yes. So we did way too many events. I can't remember which Saturday this was, but it was a particular Saturday that we had three events planned. The first event was uh, the Germantown Running Club asked us to set up a beer garden for them. The second event was the Germantown Special Services District was having the Great Road Festival. And the third was a neighbor who emailed me about an adoption. Breweries are always um, partnering with animal shelters for adoptions. I was like, yes, we're not even open and we're already doing this. This is awesome. Saturday morning comes, Todd has off of work. The two of us pack up enough kegs for all three events and we show up in Vernon Park ready for this beer garden. All of the neighbors take off for their run. We're super excited to get them beers. They do their, I think it was one or three miles, probably three miles. They do their three mile run and they come back and nobody wants to have a beer. <laughs> and I am devastated begging them, like, we have beer over here if you want one. But people weren't used to having beer in Vernon Park in Germantown. So they didn't want beers. And I was like, that's cool. We have this second event. So we, Pack everything up from Vernon Park and we move it literally half a block onto Chelton Avenue where the Great Road Festival is taking place. It's our first time participating in this event. We're a new brewery opening in Germantown. We're super excited. Um, the organizer David shows up and I'm like where do you want us to be? We're like so happy to be here and he's like oh we have a tent for you. It's over here. We walk up to the tent and there's a table inside the tent and then all these tables tipped sideways around the tent, and the entire tent is covered in caution tape because they were so nervous about having alcohol in Germantown that they didn't want anyone who gets alcohol to leave the tent. But they didn't realize that nobody came into the tent because it was completely wrapped in caution tape and looked like a crime scene. But we're there, and we're trying our best to serve beer to Germantown, and we're out on the street. Turned out to be a great event. This last event, this adoption event, um, I told the neighbor, hey, I'm not sure if we'll have enough beer to do the event. I'll let you know, so. It's like maybe 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and Todd and I are exhausted already, like we always are, we're opening a business. We go down to Earth Bread and Brewery, grab a couple beers and pizza, And are deciding do we want to do this last event or don't we so we're sitting there we get our you know bellies full and i'm like you know what this is great there'll be dogs there it'll be exciting um we have the beer because no one drank beer in the morning so let's do it so we put it in our i email melissa Uh, i tell her hey we actually have beer we're going to come we put it in the gps we're driving through germantown we show up and the whole time we're driving i'm joking with todd I know, I, I'm too ambitious, I take on too much, but maybe we'll leave with a dog. Like, this would be awesome. <laughs> and so we get there, and I'm giddy. Like, we, I haven't had a dog in 20 years. I'm, like, super excited, and I have my second win. This is going to be great. So we pull up, and Melissa's brother comes out, and he's like, hey, like, let me help you carry your stuff. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. I tell the same corny joke, like, we might leave with a dog. Ha, ha, ha. And he's like, oh, okay. Grab some kegs, we walk it in. We're setting up our table, and uh, we meet this cool guy next to us who's pouring mead. And I joke with him, like, oh, are you gonna leave with the dog, too? (laughs) And uh, he's just like, huh? And uh, then Melissa comes up. I've never met this woman. She just emailed me about this event. And she's like, I'm so happy that you're here. My husband and I are so excited to bring baby Jade into our family. And I'm immediately like, oh my God, this is not a dog adoption. This is an adoption for a child. How many people did I tell that corny line to about leaving with a dog? That's my story.
0: So let me ask you the question that Krista Tulo asked and everyone else seems to ask as soon as they hear this story. Did you get a dog?
1: We did get a dog. We did not get a dog that night, of course. There were no dogs there. I'd be kidding <laughs> no no babies. Um but yeah, we were uh, uh my cousin had a, a dog that she knew needed a home. Um so this past June we brought home Nina. She's a little pug Chihuahua mix. Call her half puppy, half monster, because we're working through this puppy phase. Um, But yeah, she's a great addition to our family, and we're so excited to have her.
0: Will Nina be working with you at Attic Brewing?
1: Nina needs to learn how to behave a little bit better before she's allowed to be in the brewery. Um, But she'll definitely be down there for the rest of the build-out.
0: So how did it feel to win that night?
1: I was honestly surprised I did not go up to tell the story thinking I would win I was just I had had a couple beers which I admitted to um, but I just went up to share and make the night a fun night and um, during yeah, during the break you know I was really trying hard to think facepalm which I know I'm like a facepalm moments every day of my life but what's one that I could turn into a story and um, that is a specific day that Todd and I laugh about all the time. So it was a story I'm familiar with telling and um, it just seemed to fit. But I was really excited that I won and excited that Face to Face gets the donation, of course, too.
0: They got a larger donation because you also managed to win not just the judges award, but when we counted up the crowd favorite ballots, you also got the crowd favorite award. And one of the things that is clear now we've Listen to at least a bit of both stories. You were definitely a lot less nervous this time than when you told your first story at Saving Democracy. So was it just beer or was something else different, like that you've told stories before? What do you think?
1: I think it it had to do with the topic as well. Um, There's some things, like I'm very emotionally attached to our brewery and specifically to the way that we went about raising money for it was something that's very like personal to me and very important to me. It's easier for me to tell a story where I'm, you know, I mess up or it was funny and it was funny for me too. Um, so I think that was the difference. Plus both times it was unexpected. Like I didn't plan to get up and tell a story, but.
0: It seemed like you had planned your first story a bit, no?
1: I think I th- had thought about it, but I didn't really like plan on telling a story. Okay. It was both, both times it was like in the break, there aren't enough people, can someone else sign up? And so I think, you know, I definitely thought in my head like, oh, what is what was it? Finding democracy, saving democracy. democracy. I I definitely, you know, Googled and was like, what what does this even mean? Like, what would I even incorporate? But I didn't put together the story part of it, like how it how it came back to me personally.
0: Well, I have to say uh, that's one of the things that I love about the story you told at Saving Democracy is that you turned democracy and looked at it like through a prism for a minute and talked about this very democratic way of opening a business. And I just I think yours was probably the only story that evening that wasn't somehow related to an election or a politician or or something that's like very directly like what you might immediately think about. And I actually loved that turn. I think Krista Tullo was impressed by like changing that lens a little bit and um and it really it was cool to see you take the theme and and really figure out how it applied to your life and I think it was directly applicable too.
1: I think that's the part that helps with the story slam is to stick with something that is true to you and so it's not in my nature to talk like bring it to that political way but to see how I can still relate it to my life and something that was relevant to me so I wouldn't have felt comfortable going up there and talking about the topics that other people were comfortable with.
0: So Laura, I really hope that you'll keep attending Mission Story Slams and even telling more stories. In the meantime, we'll be bringing you more interviews with storytellers for Mission Story Slam in the coming months. We're in the very early planning stages for Mission Story Slam 5. So if you or your organization are interested in partnering or sponsoring that slam, do reach out to Dave Winston or myself. In some really exciting news, we have a new offshoot from the slam called Mission Story Salon. So it's based on the concept of a Jeffersonian dinner, and that means there'll be a small group of a dozen or so people having an intimate meal with a featured guest and a discussion that will be moderated by Ashley Tobin of Connecting Coffee. The topic will come from the guest, but the conversation will branch out to everyone in attendance. We're very excited that Jamie Gautier has agreed to be our guest for the very first Mission Story Salon on Wednesday evening, December 4th. And that's the day after Giving Tuesday, so our nonprofit friends can use this as a nice place to catch their breath. So that's all for today's episode, but like all podcasts, we really do benefit from your reviews and from sharing the podcast with friends and colleagues you think would enjoy what we're doing at Mission Story Slam. Of course, please follow and share on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'd also like to thank Ken Weinstein of Philly Office Retail for hosting us today in their new offices and co-working space in Germantown. The Mission Story Slam podcast is produced by Dave Winston and brought to you by PWP Video. We are video with a mission find us at pwpvideo.com. We'll be back in about another month with a new episode. And until then, I'm Michael Schweisheimer, and I really look forward to sharing the next story behind the story with you soon.